Buffs Nation. What's going on? Welcome back into another episode of the Buffs Nation podcast. Couple weeks out from game number one. We're getting more and more excited here in the Woos Media Studios. Thanks for joining us again. I'm Tyler Walgy. He is Jared All to my right. Jared, what's going on? What's up, Tyler? How's it going today? I mean, we're to, we'll talk some uh, defense. Again, get ready for uh, this 2021 season. And we were all talking before the show started. And it's like, you know, look, going through the roster, looking at all the talent on this Buffs team, it's just hard not to get so excited. I know CU's got one of the toughest schedules in the nation this year, but uh, good things coming in 2021. Ryan, producer Ryan, how are you doing? Good, Tyler. Doing well. Uh, getting excited for the you know the upcoming season. Um, and you, ju- you just left CU. You work there. so uh, Yeah, uh, I just left the campus. So um, Ryan's yeah. getting the inside info for us this year in the... <laughs> Via the the animals, Ryan works with the mice. Well, there. it's the animals that I mean. They obviously have to have connections, relationships back to Ralphie, right? So you know that's where the insights. Just so people know what the hell we're talking about, Ryan, you work at the. Uh, I, I I don't work in Boulder. I work um at the Anschutz Medical Campus. No, yeah, so he's still a CU employee. You can that's still right. get uh, the insight that's right. info for My us. My paychecks still come from the regions. Get the discounted seat. All right, on today's show, we're going to go over the defense this year for the Buffs. Last week, we did an offensive preview, and this week, we will talk some defense. But we're actually going to start off with the offense because uh, some unfortunate news coming out the last week. Uh, JT Shrout getting injured, and it obviously was a really close quarterback battle. We went in-depth last week about what we thought, and look, where we landed was you know pretty much uh, all of us agreeing. I don't want to speak for you guys. But you got to trust the coaching staff. They're there. They're seeing every snap. Who, whether it was Brendan Lewis or JT Shrout, it's like, all right, let's let's get ready with whoever they pick. Now the decision's been made for them, and you know there are pros and cons. I, I will say, there's not many pros. I never want to say that for someone getting injured. I mean, I always feel so yeah. bad, no matter what's going on, how it happens. The, the one silver lining that you do get here is now you have a few weeks where Brandon Lewis gets all those first team well exactly i mean it does do certain things for the team now now they know who the starting quarterback is which plus plus you get a guy like drew carter who wasn't getting many snaps guys a true freshman has not played before while obviously brendan lewis also a true freshman because of the the ruling in last year that to allow you to basically regain your year year of eligibility he actually played yeah Drew Carter's never stepped foot on a field, so it gives him a chance to get a little bit more snaps. Well, and that's in. been the news coming out of Boulder recently is, you know, they're trying to get him caught up sure. quickly. I mean, get him up to speed because if anything does happen, and let's face it, when you're scrambling, running, extending plays like Brendan Lewis will do, the injury risk does go up a little you bit. You still so. think that uh, Chevrini wants to incorporate running the ball with well, the quarterback in his offense? I mean, <laughs> You don't want to. You almost have to now, though, right? I mean, I think so because it's it's Lewis, but you also don't want to call plays scared, and you don't want to do that. But but I mean, it obviously is a concern. So we'll see. I mean, Shiv knows what he's doing. He's a lot smarter than we are in terms of that. But you got to get Carter ready. I mean, you have to have a plan B, and uh, it's just unfortunate because JT Shrout. You just feel bad for the kid. I mean, in Tennessee for a couple years, never really got his shot, which I thought was BS. We won't get into that. But, you know, came to Boulder with a fair shot to make it. And, uh, you know, you just wonder what's going on with him right now. I mean... And as of yet, I have not heard the specifics of the injury. No one you has, You do but tend to get a little bit less information from college than you do from the NFL. Um, but 
the 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 consensus from Carl Durrell is it's a significant injury was the word she used and he talked about surgery. So right. that's kind of the significance of what you know. We're talking probably weeks into months, not a short period of time. He th- he's going to miss several weeks, if not the entirety of the season. And uh, I mean, like you mentioned, Jared, it does help that now these receivers get to kind of work with Brennan Lewis now exclusively. And we'll play back an interview here in just a couple minutes. We were uh, lucky enough to speak with uh, Montana Lamonius Craig. He uh, came on. Jared and I interviewed him last night after he was wrapped up with, I think, a walkthrough, didn't he say? Yeah. uh, You know, we we were getting scheduling with him and and he goes, yeah, after after 845 and we didn't think much of it. And yeah, he, he jumps on at about nine and. Yeah, just leaving practice. I'm yeah. like, man, these guys don't mess around. They're putting in the work. You got to love it. But uh, we'll play that interview interview back uh, here in a few minutes. But, you know, guys like that, it, it helps when you know who it's going to be. You get your reps and you kind of get that uh, that timing down. So Brendan Lewis, not due to anything else, you know, wins the quarterback competition. And, uh, I mean, you know, it, it, let's get excited for Brendan Lewis. Obviously, it's, it's a disappointing thing what happened to Shrout. And, you know, JT, good kid, but let's move forward. You got to, you, you have to now. Yeah, and let's not let this injury, which is obviously devastating and unfortunate, take away from the excitement that is and should be there for Brendan right, Lewis. Exactly. I mean, we were all very excited as we talked about him last week. That doesn't change anything. Now, if anything, you need to be full-fledged behind him and really build and create this offense well, to maximize what he does. And, and that's where I was going to go initially with this whole thing is you don't want to go pros, cons. You know, someone got hurt. Let's talk about the positives. But, you know, Ryan had said it last week. Jared, you, you mentioned it a little bit. <laughs> if the Buffs go in and just beat UNC around like some of us expect them to. Second half comes around. Buffs have a lead. Do you make the quarterback change? You get both quarterbacks experience. So now maybe that's not as big of an issue. And now say Drew Carter does come in. Best case scenario. Exactly. It's not as much of a coin flip. Oh, both guys look great. Now we want Carter to come in. Well, we want him to look great because we know Brendan Lewis is the guy. Well, and and one last thing I want to say before we move off of this, just kind of to build off of what you're saying to intro the show, Tyler, that you know, it's exciting the the depth and what we're seeing as we're breaking down this roster is something we, we really haven't seen a lot in both in the last few years. And and I think this just goes to show you, you know, where CU is at as a program. I mean, think about the last, I mean, six or seven years you can really go back. If if CU loses their starting quarterback in, in preseason, yeah, you're done. done. The right. season's over. Right. Now it's like next man up, move on. And, and I think that's exciting. While it's unfortunate, obviously, to see JT Shrout go down, it's exciting that you're confident in the next man up mentality, and I think that goes pretty much across the board with this roster. There's very few spots where you're really, really concerned if one guy goes down. And that's why depth is so important. You know, I mean, it's always been that way. And if you do have a program who is consistently getting these, you know, these recruits in, and obviously Alabama, Ohio State, you know, these kind of programs who are doing it all the time. It's this is what you're used to, okay? And in in Boulder, we're, this hasn't been the norm. You go back, like Jared said, the last even decade hasn't been the norm. We've had some good seasons, but now it's becoming what we expect. Now we expect to see the depth. We expect, hey, if someone goes down, it is next man up, and it's not just lip service, not just hearing it. It's not just you know BS. It's a real thing, and it's. I think we're seeing it now, now on paper, and we're going to get to see it play out this season. Obviously. Never wish injuries or anything like that, but it's exciting that uh, CU's uh, getting to that point. All right, let's uh, get to the interview. We talked to Montana Lamonius Craig, uh, receiver for the Colorado Buffs. 
And I mean, what a good kid, you know, it was, uh, that's, that's the other thing too. You know, it, it makes me proud to be a CU fan when you're not only getting talented, you know, guys to come in here, but it's the right kind of person. So, uh, Montana Lamonius Craig, real talented wide receiver. We uh, talked to him last night. Ryan, let's play that interview back right now. All right, let's waste no more time. Get to CU Buffs wide receiver, Montana Lamonius Craig. Montana, thanks for uh, giving us some time. No problem, no problem. I don't have privilege for y'all to have me on here, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, we uh, really appreciate you coming on. All right, so before we get into this season, expectations, things like that, let's go back to your high school days because you had a bit of a different recruiting process than most. You weren't looked at until later on in high school. Uh, you guys didn't have a lot of success your junior year. Then your senior year, you guys really turned it on largely because of you. So what was that like to kind of watch other people around the county, maybe get some offers knowing you should be getting one and you had to wait a little bit longer? It was more so just the fact that me just putting the work in and working hard, man. Uh, I knew we was getting a new coaching staff after my junior year. I mean, they brought a whole different culture. I bought in, believed in the process, just the process. And, of course, the results came with it. So that was just more so. I'm not I'm not a selfish guy. So it was just me just waiting for my time to come. And when it came, it came. And it certainly came. Do you feel like you had more of an impact, more control? I mean, look. Some guys out there, we see it happen all the time. They're playing behind five-star you know, linemen, five-star quarterback, five-star running backs. You had such a hand in turning that team around. Matter of fact, your coach called you Mr. Inglewood your senior year. Does that feel different? You know, the, the, the work you put in, the, everything you did to get to this point being recruited, you had such an impact. So do you feel like maybe you had a different route, a different impact on you getting to where you are today? I would feel like it did help build my character in terms of it being a team game. You feel me? I know what it felt like to win and lose. So I've been on both ends of the stick. And I mean, I can say winning winning is a lot better than losing. <laughs> I love to win. I'm a great competitor. And I mean, I would just say, yeah, it just had a big role on my character and just how I went about stuff in terms of football. All right, man, we'll stop talking high school here in a sec, but you did play on both sides of the ball. I think you had six picks as a safety your senior year. So how does that experience on the defensive side of the ball now help you on offense, finding soft spots in the defense, running routes, things like that? How does that help you, uh, strictly playing receiver? I can say it carried over to me uh, getting better at reading coverages and just uh, identifying a DB technique a little better just off of previous experience in high school playing it. Hey, Montana, Jared here. You guys have a stacked receiver room. A lot of guys there that are very talented can make a lot of plays. What's it like being a part of such a great wide receiver group? Oh, man, it's, I love it, man. We compete every day within the wide receivers within us, not only against the defense, but the wide receivers. We all have a great... Hey, Montana, we're losing you a little bit here on the audio. Can you hear all us okay? Us know we are. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you now here. We lost you just for a little bit there. Oh, I was saying... Um, the competition level within the wide receivers is through the roof. Everybody's competing. Everybody wants to see everybody be successful. So, I mean, it's a great environment. All of us make plays. All of us can do stuff with the ball in our hands. So, it's just good to have that group of guys around us supporting each other. So, historically speaking, wide receivers have uh, tended to get the, uh, the diva label. <laughs> Anyone in this room that you would call a diva or, or is, that, is that going too far out there? Uh, I would say I think it's high. 
I would say I think it's a little too far. I don't think okay. anybody's a diva. <laughs> no divas. Okay. Hey, that's what we want to hear. Get out of here, man. Let, let, stop, stop with the diva stuff, Jared. Let me pose this in a different way, Montana. You guys go out and you're hanging out. Who's the one who's maybe talking to the girls? Who's the one who's uh, getting things going that way? <laughs> I, would say, I would say probably I'd give it to you to Keith. Probably Keith Miller. Okay. Keith Miller, the one that's going. Okay. That's, I'll get the ball rolling with everything. <laughs> hey, you always got to have one of those guys. Uh, that's good stuff. We're yes, talking to, we're talking to a CU Buffs wide receiver, Montana Lamonius Craig. All right, Montana, I got to ask you, did you ever play the NC Dub uh, video game? NC Dub 14 is the last one they had with uh, uh, Denard Robinson. Denard on the, on the cover, cover, yeah. Did you ever play these uh, video games? <laughs> if I'm being honest, I've never been really a gamer. I was always a kid that you feel me. Stayed at the park. Okay. Playing pickup basketball, playing flag football, doing stuff just at the park. Okay. I was more so out of the house. So, so I've so never really been a gamer. I mean, right now I do play a little Madden, but I'm not the best. But I mean, I'm pretty decent. Who's your go-to team in Madden? Uh, just me being from Inglewood. I use the LA Rams. Just, okay. just because I'm Inglewood, they're right there. They're going to be more fun to play with this year with uh, Matt Stafford, right? Exactly, exactly. And the stadium's right there in Inglewood, so that's 10 minutes away from my house. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, that's kind of been the discussion of camp, has been the quarterback battle for you guys. And then the news comes out of the weekend that JT Shrout goes down with an injury. Always tough to see that. Can you comment a little bit on what it was like when Shrout went down? Uh, just the team just gathered around him, man. Everybody's playing for him. We all hope he has a great uh, recovery and just speedy recovery, man. JT's a great guy. I love him to death. Love all my teammates. He's a wholesome dude, man. But it was just everybody just just have to pick the morale up. So the consensus coming out of that is that Brendan Lewis likely takes the reins as a starter this year. Talk to us a little bit about Brendan. What what do you what can you say to our audience about Brendan Lewis? Uh, Brendan Lewis is my guy. He's a great guy. He he's smart. He'll make plays mobile. He's pretty mobile. I mean, we're all just growing as athletes, growing as players. So, I mean, all in all, I think Brendan Lewis will do a great job too. All right, Montana. So, uh, obviously, when you were uh, recruited, you know, Mel Tucker was here. And we've gone through the whole process with you, you know, getting Carl Durrell in. (laughs) And, uh, I mean, I can, I think, speak for, you know, the entire Buffs Nation family. We've been really excited with what he's done so far. But – what was the first meeting like with you and Darrell? Like, what did you? What were your first impressions meeting him? Seeing what uh, he was all about. I mean, I love the demeanor Coach Darrell has. He's about business, pro guy. He he handles everything a certain way. Has great character. So I mean, I love what Coach Darrell is doing with the program and the direction we're going in. What's he like in the locker room? Because sometimes he gets behind the mic. You know, he's he's answering questions and he's doing his thing. What's he like in the locker room? Coach Durant can get fired up. Yeah, he's ready to go. Let the dogs loose. I love that, man. I love that. We're talking to uh, CU Buffs receiver Montana Lamonius Craig. All right, uh, Montana, you uh part of the recruiting process now, I understand. You hosted uh, a big-time recruit in from Houston. You're helping the coaches out. You had uh, Dylan Bell. Uh, you were showing him around town. So what's that like to help the coaches out? You know, kind of you were once the recruited, right? And now you're kind of helping them out on this side of things. It's cool just to see, like, I was just in those shoes not too long ago. It's like more so 
me like kind of like a tour guide, showing them the ropes, showing them what the life is like as being a college football athlete at CU Boulder. So I mean, I think it's a good experience. I think everybody should host just to just to have that experience, just to like have a little bro that you're showing around the town. I'm sure you were showing around a little bit, you know, when you came to Boulder. But who was the coach that had the biggest impact on you when you made the decision? You wanted to be a CU buff. Which coach had the biggest impact on you? I would say Coach Chev. Coach Chev had a huge impact on me uh, making that decision to come here. What did he say specifically that kind of swayed you? Was it one conversation? Uh, No, not necessarily. Not one conversation. I had plenty of uh, meetings and talks with Coach Chev, but it was just when I got here, Boulder to me really is a special place. It's one of a kind. It's not really nothing like Boulder. And I feel like it's a great experience, different from Southern California, where I'm from. So it's good to experience a different part. What is your favorite part of the the Buffs facility, the campus up there in Boulder? I would say my favorite part of the Buffs facility is probably is probably the locker room because when the game day, you can feel the juice in the locker room. You can feel the vibe in the locker room. Even when we have scrimmages within the offense and defense scrimmage days, the tension is in the locker room. Like I, I just love that vibe that the locker room gives us. What kind of impact does that have through the recruiting process for you guys? That's kind of the big thing that we always hear now is the impact on the facilities and, and what you guys have going there. What kind of impact did that have on you deciding to become a Buffalo? I would say that had a good impact on me because it's just to know, you feel me, it's, it's a power five school with really nice things. Nice things, you take care of them, they stay nice. And it's just good to have those resources at the facility. Yeah, it's amazing facilities that uh, Colorado has. So take us to a game day. You know, you mentioned the the locker room on game day. What's it like just kind of walking through those halls, you know, kind of just the whole process, you know, seeing the, the crowd out there. Obviously, not too much of a crowd last year, but take us through that. Game day, going through those halls, getting ready for a game. What's that like? Um, I can say it is one of a kind to be a Colorado Buffalo. I mean, although we didn't really have fans last year, we had fans for one or two games last season which was the season opener against UCLA and uh, the Texas game. So we only have fans on two games. But other than that, in terms of just in the locker room, just the vibe, it's a family team. Uh, we're all one unit. We all come together. So we're I work pretty close-knit team. So it's always good vibes in the locker room. I can say that. Well, Montana, man, I'm just so happy that you're part of this uh, CU Buffs family. We're really happy to have you here. And again, I think I can speak for the entire Buffs Nation where we say we're so happy to have you in Boulder. We wish you all the luck in the world. Good luck this year. You know, hopefully we'll catch up sometime soon. Again, the Buffs open up September 3rd, 7 o'clock at home against the UNC Bears. Montana, thanks so much. Appreciate you, man. Thank you guys for having me on. Thanks for joining us, Montana. All right. Uh, once again, Montana Lamonius Craig. Special thanks to him coming on and uh, giving some time. And, yeah, I uh, really enjoyed talking with him. He's just a humble guy, you know, team team first guy, and just really kind of exudes a natural leadership. And, and 100%. I can, you can really feel that and talking to him. And obviously, the coaching staff has seen the same thing and already kind of putting him as a young guy in a leadership role. It's really great. But to this notice. is what we talked about: is the depth, and you know, while. If you look at the starting receivers, which in football, it's so ridiculous. Sure. It's not basketball where you're putting the starting five out there. But, you know, obviously, young, good receivers, Brendan Rice, Levante Chenault, Dimitri Stanley. But he's right there in that mix of good, elite receivers who adds to this depth, can come in at any point and uh, make an impact. So, 
you know, he's uh, he's going to do a good job. He had a couple catches last year in the uh, bowl game, you know. Yeah, and a name you've heard quite a bit coming out of camp. You know, coaches continue to drop his name. You're hearing it from guys like Neil Welk, who do a lot of writing for cubuffs.com. Uh, so really excited to see what Montana can do this year. And, again, it just goes back to what we've talked about, the depth that's there. And I, I really think it's going to be a fun group of receivers to watch. In that year. interview also – I wanted, you know, the audience, which is growing quickly. Appreciate you guys listening, telling your friends. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Buffs Podcast. But I wanted the audience to get to know him as a person and learn a little bit about him. And he did have an interesting journey. That's why I led with the high school questions. His junior year, they didn't win a game, I'm pretty sure. And, wow. I mean, can you imagine that to have his talent, you know, and, and, and you're not getting looked at because your team's not winning? Well, they turned it around senior year. I mean, they were one of the best teams in, you know, in, in his area. Like I said, his coach called him Mr. Inglewood. And he almost, you know, not single-handedly, you got to have a players around you if you're going to win, but he was a huge part of them getting noticed and him getting recruited. So for anyone else out there who's playing with other great athletes and it's part of the process, right? Maybe there's a scout there to see a lineman and you get noticed or a scout there to see a quarterback and you get noticed. He had to kind of do it all himself. So he was being really humble, I think, in his response, but... Uh, for a guy in that position, you got to give him so much credit for where he is right now. And that's something that really stood out to me uh, about his answer when, when you asked him that question about the new coaching staff coming in. He knew they were bringing a lot of changes. Right. And what he said, he bought in. And that's the type of guy that you want on your football team, a guy that's going to buy in and get behind his coach and his team. Absolutely. So, again, special thanks to Mon uh, Montana Limonius Craig. Uh, really appreciate him coming on and uh, giving us a few minutes. All right, let's get on to the defensive side of the football. Obviously, we're going to want to score points this year. You got to do that if you're going to win some of these games, but then you got to shut teams down on the other side. Where do you guys want to start? I'll do dealer's choice here, Jerry. Do you want to go up front, the big boys? I think you got to start with the big boys. That's where the defense the starts, uh, right? Uh, all right, and, and we actually have a in-house ex-D uh, lineman here, so we'll go to Ryan yeah. for the... <laughs> you know what's actually funny is we had a company... Uh, kind of a uh, combine we called it the other day, more of a field day sort of thing. And it was actually for one of the uh, other shows we do. Jared, you didn't get to run the forty, unfortunately. Or maybe yeah, fortunately they, no, for you. nobody wanted anyone to get embarrassed by I my know. time. But uh, <laughs> producer Ryan here uh, ran a sub five forty in high school. And Ryan, I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm just, I'm just. Yes, you are. Well, yes, you are. Here. This is a fact. <laughs> you're doing a great job. Ryan ran like a six five forty a couple yeah, weeks ago. It was, it was going. Whew, it was pretty rough. Uh, Fifteen years without doing much, and that's what'll happen. Yeah, the, Go, wheel, the wheels, the wheels kind of fell off there between uh, high school. <laughs> After and, hearing and, uh, that time, before that, I would have told you with no doubt in my mind I could have run sub six. Dude, After hearing that, Ryan no went six five. Yeah, I am definitely over seven. Plus, no you're doubt not about aerodynamic. It. Your beard is I, slowing you down. I well. Also have a bad back and bad hips. This is not a good start for running. <laughs> see, see I, I, I still am questioning the two people that timed it. No, okay. First of all, the timing was good. Second of all, let's move off this. The last <laughs> thing anyone wants to hear is us talking about that. Let's get to the CU's D-line, and uh, let's start with the big guy in the middle, Jalen Sammy. And I say big guy, I mean it, 6'6", 325. And as I read online, he slimmed down a little bit this year. Now, I looked back at last year's uh, roster to start the season, he was also listed 6'6", six, six, uh, 325. Yeah, but, but listed and well, showing up to but, camp are hey, different weights. You, you shed some pounds. You put it back on in muscle. I'm okay with that. You may come in even a little heavier, but if you're in better shape, that's what we're looking for. So Jalen Sammy, uh, and, and that's one thing with the D-line is you're looking at some experience, right? Jalen up front, yeah. he uh, he played a lot for us uh, you know, last year, so I'm excited to see you know his 
uh, leadership and experience kind of come back there in the middle of things to anchor the D-line. Yeah, he's kind of the one guy on the interior of that D-line that returns. It really got a lot of playing time last year. Uh, Naheem Rodman is, uh, Rodman is another guy that got some playing time last year, but uh, not a ton of experience there, right. but guys that, again, have been pretty highly recruited. The other guy that uh, you're seeing a lot in kind of involved in that is Janaz Jordan. So those are kind of the three guys I'm seeing for the most part interior. I think that those guys you'll see the most, but the Buffs kind of run a weird defensive front in that they do have one D lineman in Terrence Lang that's sort of your edge. Yeah, yeah. And so he kind of is almost in his own category, so I kind of separate him as you have your interior guys and then you have a, a Terrence Lang that'll be a guy that, in my mind, he is the, the stud of this D line group. Well, Terrence Lang, I mean, I remember last year, we brought up his height. Is that an issue? He's looked at as being a next-level D-lineman. I mean, I didn't realize how serious it was until this season, but Terrence Lang is getting some NFL looks, which is great. But, uh, you know, you look at a guy who's 6'7", you know, 290, it's the athleticism. He's, that really yeah, he's out. disruptive, and he's a guy that has – it doesn't show up a ton on the stat line, but he's he's a guy that really pushes the pocket and opens things up for guys like Nate Landman, guys like Carson Wells in in the linebacking core to make plays. Uh, and you mentioned uh, Janaz Jordan. Uh, I'm looking back here. He played all 12 games in 2019 after he come, came over from JUCO. Um, so you know, okay, he, so he does have some experience. Yeah, he, he's yeah. got some experience. He can play as well. And so that's the thing up front. You know, you got guys who have seen action. They played some snaps, and that's where it starts. You know, obviously. We'll talk about the rest of the defense, but it starts up front, and uh, a couple guys there, really excited to see. Now, in terms of play calling and you know what, what CU's going to look like defensively this year, but you know with, uh, with CU's defensive coordinator being the D-line coach, that's kind of unique. You don't see that a lot. As a matter of fact, you typically see the cornerbacks coach, the linebackers coach, so it's not everywhere that you get to see the D-line coach calling plays, doing things like that. So I kind of like that. It's a bit of, bit of a different look. Uh, he's entering his second season with the Buffs, just like Darrell. So it's just kind of a, you know, it, it's another twist. It's another thing to look for. And it's not always about who you're bringing in, who's new on the staff. It's about how can you get better from last year. And it's not always the players. That has to do with the coaches, too. So you look up front, you feel comfortable about that, but also you look at the, the defensive staff, and uh, the D coordinator is, is working with those guys as well. So. And D-line, I think more so than most positions, really takes guys a couple of years to adjust to the college level, adjust to the power and the speed of the game. And so that's something that I think just – you know, you don't have a whole lot of additions into this uh, room this year. At least, guys that not a lot of guys that are going to play a ton. But you have guys that got experience under their belt. They've had a year or two in the off season now, working out with the college facilities, the strength and conditioning program. So I really am kind of excited to see who is that guy that makes that jump out of this group. Terrence Lang made that jump last year for the Buffs. Who is that guy? Is it a Jalen Sammy? Who who is that guy? I think this is one of those positions that you can say they're solid. I don't know that there's a superstar within this room, but they're very solid top to bottom. But you can say group. that about uh, 
And this is what's great about Buff's defense this year. You could say that about the linebackers. Sure, but I think you look the... at the linebackers and you see star caliber players there. I, I don't know. I think Terrence I Lang's as close as, as a star, but there are no weak spots on this D line. There's no there's there's you know the depth is there. I think you have the power, you have the the speed in Terrence Lang. So I'm interested to see if there's somebody that separates themselves and, and proves that maybe there is some star power on that D line. All right, well let's get to the linebackers. Just mentioned uh, the riches there. I mean, how deep can you go outside linebacker and inside linebacker? But let's start on the outside because a lot of position battles going on right now. And uh, Carson Wells, you know, he's pretty much the the, the guy who's slotted in right now who's going to start at outside linebacker. On the other side, it's a question mark. You know, they're playing a couple different guys right now. Obviously, John Van D, Stalvin Williams, uh, Guy Thomas getting some looks, uh, Joshka Gustav, you know, I, I saw he got in a little bit of at, at practice. So, it's up in the air right now that uh, that opposite uh, you know outside linebacker, and it's funny because you look at at public or national publications like Phil Steele, they've got Jack Lamb playing outside linebacker. That's not going to happen, and he's going to play inside. Yeah, right? I think he's more of an inside off ball, and it's something that. I think it's the the league is still having a hard time identifying what these guys are. In my mind, you have off ball linebackers and you have edge linebackers. You look at a guy like Carson Wells; he's a guy that plays off the edge. Now he may play in coverage, but he's typically rushing the passer. Right. Whereas Nate Landman is playing from the middle, off the ball, behind your D lineman, four or five yards back. Your more traditional linebacker spot. I think that's where Jack Lamb fits in. I think more in that role. I think that uh, another guy that transferred in, Robert Barnes, is another guy that I think will fit right, as an right. inside on linebacker or off-ball linebacker, so, whatever so, you want to so call it. So did you just change the conversation? Now we're just going inside? You just shifted that? No, you brought I up Jack to start Lamb. A, I wanted to start on the... Well, that's because he's listed as an outside so linebacker. So I'm saying here. no, I don't consider him an no, outside okay. linebacker. You need, no, here, whatever you want to talk about next year, we'll just, you know... We'll no, just, we, we'll can't, let you run we can't gloss right over Carson <laughs> Wells. You only got one comment about Carson Wells. Okay, Carson, great uh, great season last year. He is slotted in. Did we mention Jamar Montgomery? Because he's been getting, you know, a couple snaps too. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to me to see who is that guy opposite Carson Wells. He's obviously going to be your every down outside linebacker and arguably the the best if not right alongside Nate Landman player on this defense I think those are your two biggest stars on this defense Carson Wells in my opinion probably has more NFL prospects than a guy like Nate Landman because of his versatility what? being able to rush the passer and drop back in coverage he's also but you're a saying bigger just, guy than Nate but you're Landman. saying that's more because the how the NFL the NFL views them right? yeah exactly I think he just fits better in the NFL now on this team obviously Nate Landman has been the leader of this offense or excuse me this defense for the last few years but Carson Wells had a coming out party was one of the top guys in the league last year well, seven, me, in the 17 nation. tackles six and, and a half sacks in six games yeah. and in a per game basis his numbers were off the chart as good as anyone in the country number one in the country and number one in the nation in uh tackles for loss per game so uh definitely know what you're getting with wells all right now that's, that's always going to be what we're going to look back on the 2020 season and all have to be on a per game basis <laughs> i know right? you're not going to be able to just ever look at anyone's stats that year i know it is going to be weird for the record books uh inside linebacker you mentioned robert barnes nate landman uh i mean in, inside linebacker is going to be elite now do you think it's going to be jack lamb getting the not and it's kind of like the receivers we talked about i mean when you say starting yeah. there's going to be some rotation i, I think here. what i what i like the most about this group 
is the versatility. The different guys I think that you can bring in for different packages. Robert Barnes, uh, for those who don't know, he was a guy who transferred from Oklahoma. He's a graduate mm-hmm. transfer. He played primarily strong safety for the Sooners. Now, his role was uh, you know, at the line of scrimmage, but more in coverage. So he'll be a guy that you'll see come in, second down, third downs. He may even play kind of more of that star back, buff back role that we've seen in the past. Guys like Davion Taylor play. So I think that's more Robert Barnes' role. Then I think there's a whole bunch of guys, Quinn Perry, Jonathan Van Deese, Jack Lamb, that will sort of be that other run-stopping force alongside Nate Landman, who, assuming Nate Landman's healthy, he doesn't come off the field pretty much at all. But right. it is a guy coming off an Achilles injury in, in what, late November? So that, that may take him some time to get back. So good depth behind him, I think, until he's ready to be 100%. Definitely, definitely. Um, I did see that uh, Landman and, I believe, Coach Durrell both said that uh, Nate should be good to go 100% from, from the jump. That's so, unreal, yeah, isn't it? love that, man. I know. I mean, it's, it's crazy, like, the, the, you know, the medical advances. Like, that one year when Adrian Peterson – Ran for two thousand yards after he tore his ACL in like eight months. It was and crazy. and ten years before that, it was, it was if you year. tore your ACL. I mean, but you were never the same player That's again. True. You That's were true. never back to one hundred percent. So, again. and I wanted to ask you a question, Jared. Do you think Robert Barnes kind of um, maybe a pro comparison could be maybe like a Tyron Matthew type or? I think he's probably more linebacker than that. I, okay. He's a big guy. I, I don't know what he's listed at, but he's a pretty big guy. Um, I, I actually really think Davion Taylor, you know, uh, uh, you know, of the Buffaloes a couple years back was drafted by the Eagles. I actually think that's a pretty good comparison where if he were to go to the NFL, I think the NFL would view him as a coverage linebacker, a dime gotcha. linebacker okay. versus a safety. I don't know that he quite has the coverage skills that a guy like Tyron Matthew has. I see. Okay. Remember this name too, uh, Zion Magali, true freshman. And I, apparently from a recent article that came out today, uh, Neil Welks, Buffs.com, he's turning heads throughout camp. And so this is what you're looking for, right? True freshman, new on camp, you know, well, new on campus relatively. And he's turning heads. People are saying, wow, this guy's going to be great. So he may not see that much time initially, but again, it's great to hear these kind of things. One more time with that name. Zion Magali. So good. Buffs right? have some <laughs> of the best names. I mean, <laughs> just across the board, Jonathan Van Deese. You know, we right. talked to Montana, Lamonius, Craig. I mean, just some good names that you can belt out over a loudspeaker when they make a good play. My favorite one, too, Jail Stacks. Like Jail oh, yeah, Stacks. Stacks. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, do any, anyone else who I uh, left out there, linebackers, you guys want to? No, I think you covered them all. There's a lot of them, but I think there, you hit them. There's a lot. All right. Uh, uh, defensive backs. Safeties first. Isaiah Lewis is uh, returning strong safety. Mark Perry back at free safety. A couple guys who have seen time and uh, – this is a common threat, you know, getting guys back. They've seen snaps. And, they have and guys that They're really versatile. broke out last year, guys like Isaiah Lewis that wasn't even a starter on the depth chart at the beginning of 2020, but really became an impact player on the back end of that defense. So time will tell if this CU defense can back up what it started last year. Well... And CU won so many close games last year, and they're getting better. I mean, I think it's good. I think this is a good thing for this team to have that experience, and they won those games, and they're just going to improve. CU, as much as any team, I think really benefits from the additional year of eligibility. Guys like Nate Landman being back, guys like Carson Wells coming back, but then also so many of those young guys that got experience last year that don't lose that eligibility. And now, over the next two to three years, I think they're really going to benefit from that. I think so, for sure. I mean, 
you know, they did lose Darian Rakestraw. So that's, yes. you know, and he transferred away. And so so there are, you know, some pieces they're going to have to replace, but it's nothing that can't be done with these guys. Isaiah Lewis, like we said, you know, he's coming back. He was fourth on the team in, uh, in, in tackles last year. Yeah, so. I, I think in my mind, I don't want to go ahead and just check him off and say he's going to be a star, but the one that concerns me more of the two is going to be Mark Perry. He's a guy that, if you look back at the initial depth chart last year, he was the guy starting over Isaiah Lewis. Right. And obviously, safety, just like linebacker, just like receiver we've talked, there are very, very few positions. In fact, there are about six positions that you will not see guys getting interchanged out. That's quarterback and that's your offensive line. Other than that, guys are getting subbed in and out all all the time. You have to have that depth. So Mark Perry got some playing time last year, but didn't necessarily impress enough to maintain that starting role. So I, I'm curious to see what he, how he looks this year when he bounces back. Does he take that step forward now as still a true sophomore, but in his third year with the Buffs? Yeah, but uh, still, I mean, it's better than alternatives, right? You look at some of these other teams across the Pac-12, brand new guys. It's so much better than someone brand new coming in. And I've got all the faith in the world in Mark Perry. Uh, in uh, in terms of the cornerbacks, Christian Gonzalez, the youngster who's still technically a true freshman because last year, it's funny. I, I, he's being referred to now in Boulder as the veteran amongst the uh, <laughs> the uh, the D-backs uh, or the uh, cornerbacks at least. But look, I mean, he's got snaps and he's got this is what we talked about. Okay, again, repeating a trend, young player, but he has experience. Last year, I think he had what, 23 solo tackles from from the cornerback position. He likes to get involved from the very beginning of the season. Quarterbacks win after Christian Gonzalez, which you you can expect. He's a true freshman starting from his first game. And sure, there was some rough patches early on, but I really think he came into his own by the end of the season. And I am really excited. I think he is the next in the line of great corners that have come out of CU in the last couple of decades. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, it's it's going to be great to see the that we don't know where the ball's going every play. It's like, oh, you think they're going to pick on Christian? No, you think <laughs> right. they're going to pick on Christian? That's not an option this year. And hey, guess what? They don't go against him. They're going to have to pick on Makai Blackman on the other side. You talk about experience. He yeah, has good some. Luck. So, yeah, Makai, uh, yeah, you he's a redshirt junior, but he's been with the bus for like five or six years say, now they, they always have the like one or two guys that that it seems like they've been around for a decade <laughs> don't they i mean it always seems like that yeah all right so um, when you guys look at this defense top to bottom what would you say is the strength of this defense what is the linebacker yeah, for sure linebackers no, no doubt i mean i think cu's got one of the best linebacking cores in the country for sure and yeah. and i think the line is pretty solid my the, i think the main thing is you know Shoring up that back end. Sure. sure I was going to say, would you would plays. you then say the DBs would be your weakness? I mean, I, I if mean, you have to pick right. out the three, yeah. then I guess so. Well, and it's it's all about what what you can do, um, especially in you know in college football these days. If you can get a good pass rush, it makes your back end sure. just so much incredibly better. See, that's the thing too is it's going to be the line, the outside linebackers. How much pressure can you generate? And you know, we saw this defense give a lot of different looks last year. So that's the the thing too. You know, multiple yeah. on defense. Yeah, and I think Nate Landman again is just he's the crux to all of that because he's yeah. a guy that can do so many different things from that inside linebacker spot. He really proved last year just how much pressure he can put on the quarterback from that spot, but also made great plays and. Coverage. So it really allows you to stay in your base defense right. and do so many different things. It doesn't matter what the offense is throwing at you because you have the athletes to respond to it. Well, and I think when you have um, athlete as athletic 
inside linebackers as CU does. It kind of lets guys, the edge rushers, uh, a guy like Carson Wells, really kind of pin their ears back and go after these quarterbacks because Nate Lamon covers so much ground between, you know, even outside the ha- the hash marks. It's it's absurd. So um, can, can maybe, cl- uh, you know, just let them focus on rushing the quarterback. I know we kind of breeze through the D-backs. Anyone who we didn't mention, I mean, even the buff back position, there's a couple guys here still. Uh, yeah, you're Cr- right. We did, we did skip over that. Yeah. And, and it's interesting still to me, and they did this last year as well, a guy like Chris Miller is, he's more of what you would consider like a nickelback. He's a smaller right. corner. He's, I think he's listed at six foot 190 or 185, something like that. That's not typically what you see for a hybrid safety linebacker role. So clearly, again, more of that coverage focus. And I actually think that builds right off the point that Ryan was just making because of the athleticism of your linebackers, because you have a guy like Robert Barnes, even Nate Landman that are really good in coverage for a linebacker. Linebacker, it allows you to not need that, you know, that that star back to necessarily be a linebacker as well. You have more your DBs because, frankly, you need five or six DBs on the field almost at all times. Uh, and then you got uh, trust in Oliver, right? I don't know about you, but I trust in Oliver. We've been excited about him for about three years now, and ever since he first initially committed to the Buffs, had some issues with his grades, had to get some things taken care of, went the JUCO route. He's back. I think he's. I think he makes an impact on this team because if you talk about depth on this team, the DBs, that's one of the few spots you don't have a ton of depth. Yeah. And you talked about who we glossed over. I think uh, Nigel Bethel Jr. Yeah, I did hear is some good things one. about uh, Nigel Bethel, and he's a guy that I think again kind of fits that nickelback role, uh, speedy guy. Uh, Torrin Pittman is another true freshman that I'm excited about. He's a big guy on the back end of that defense. Him and Trustin Oliver both are big guys. Uh, they're both listed at safety. So I do think that those guys are going to get some playing time, certainly this year. Good stuff. You guys got anything else to add for any, anyone we left off the defensive side of things? Are we going to have a special teams episode? I think we'll throw special teams in next week. <laughs> Not that we want to just <laughs> toss oh, it in just, a bunch. Just toss it in. Hey, honestly, you go back and look the last couple of years <laughs> that CU has been good. It kind of correlates with their special teams. Hey, it's, yeah. it's a special teams, man. It's just like that little <laughs> pinch of salt you had at the end. It's the finishing touches. Hey, I mean, honestly, we don't have to spend much time on this, but Evan Price, you know, come back. Remember... Uh, uh, James uh, Stefano Stefano retiring middle of the season last year. Yeah. Remember how weird that was? Yeah, that was weird. And Evan Price. He's also older up. than you are, so imagine <laughs> playing college football yeah, right now. Goddamn so. <laughs> uh, Aussies can't make their minds up. But uh, <laughs> All right, uh, that does it for uh, today's show. Appreciate uh, everyone joining us. And again, special thanks to Montana, Lamonius Craig, giving us some time and uh, talking about the buffs and the receiving core and everything we can expect from them this year. So only a couple weeks until... Colorado opens things up with the UNC Bears. Next week, we'll make predictions, talk over-unders, get everything out of the way before we start the season. For Jared, for Ryan, I'm Tyler. We'll talk to you guys next week on the Buffs Nation Podcast.